0: Cast now with Darren Beltro. let get ready to listen to your favorite artists.
1: Altrowcast. Hey, Cat, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. I can Perfect. see Perfect. Non stop day for you, huh? Everyone, yes. Wants- Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I want to say thank you, first and foremost, for taking the time. Big thing coming up in a a couple of weeks, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, we do. Right around the corner.
1: But not your first time going to Japan. I believe the last time you were there was 2019 when you won the Cup?
2: Yeah, we went to to Tokyo, or well, we went to Japan um, twice in 2019. One for just a series, and then, yeah, for the Japan Cup um, at the end of 2019.
1: Got it. Do you ever get to spend a couple of days in Japan afterwards and take in the local sites, or is it just get out of there, go home, get over the jet lag?
2: No, we pretty much fly in, uh, take care of business, and then fly home. Um, I played there professionally for uh, three or four months, um, and I don't remember what year it was, but... And when I was over there, then we got to go sightsee a little bit because we didn't play every single weekend. So I've seen some sights over there. It's, I, I enjoy my time there. But when we go over with USA Softball, it's pretty much get in, play softball, and then return home.
1: Exactly. Speaking of sights, looks like you're into Dick's Sporting Goods. Do I have that right? Yes. Wow. What brings you there to that wonderful establishment, which you are wearing a jersey that has a logo of?
2: Yeah, so Dick's Sporting Goods is a sponsor of USA Softball. Um, they back our tour that we are in the middle of, actually, to be able to prepare for Tokyo. Um, we've been—it was—it's normally in other years way more extensive, but obviously with the pandemic, it's had to change a little bit. But um, their sponsorship of that tour allows us to train together, continue to play um, against some colleges and some other teams coming up here in June, um, and uh, thankful for their their partnership not only with our team but then with me personally as well.
1: Got it. Obviously a big event coming is coming up soon. Do you know about life after the Olympics or is just everything kind of contingent on the Olympics and seeing where it goes from there?
2: No, um, I definitely have some life planned after the Olympics. Um, there's a professional endeavor that started last year, Athletes Unlimited, and I will play the second season of that and then I will be fully done playing softball um, after that in September. That'll be sept- into September this year and then Um, plan to return home and, um, got my real estate license last fall. So go into real estate with my husband. And, um, after that, then we'll figure things out, but at least going to play in athletes unlimited, and then come home and enjoy some time off.
1: Is the number 38 you think going to be retired?
2: Um, I probably not. I think USA softball, we don't retire numbers a whole lot, just because you'd have to go back and retire a lot of Olympic numbers. So Um, they just do ways of, you know, implementing us in the hall of fame, things like that. But, um, if I would choose to have any number retired, it would be eight as that was my Jersey number before, but, um, rocking 38 for this time.
1: And you just mentioned hall of fame. You are a hall of famer, Texas hall of fame. Was that your first hall of fame induction?
2: No, actually, I got inducted into the uh, University of Texas um, Athletics Hall of Fame or Hall of Honor at that time um, prior to that. But that was my first real big one. Um, and I was so excited and so fortunate to be in with so many big names. Um, Ricky Williams, Shaquille O'Neal, Drew yeah. Um It's just exciting for softball to be on that same platform.
1: Yeah, you are definitely one of the people that, in my opinion, you didn't make this claim. You elevated softball into being a thing that people watch on television. I can't remember growing up watching softball until you started playing it, which that is a compliment. There's no backhanded part to the whole Mm -hmm. thing. But one thing I'm curious about is on days you're pitching, is there a routine, like a set order of things that you have to do? Or are you not superstitious like that?
2: Um, I'm not too superstitious like that. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a late sleeper, so I'm usually up early in the morning. I do have to go get my coffee and kind of do my morning, my morning routine, which is just kind of some reading, some reflection, um, you know, getting my day organized. Um, but prior to the game, I think my biggest thing is I kind of enjoy the team, enjoy batting practice with the girls. And then I don't really turn into super focused until I put my cleats on. Um, that's kind of my cue to get into game game mode then. And then I wouldn't even say I'm superstitious as much as it's just routine oriented. So I kind of warm up the same way um, all the time, same order of my pitches. And I end the bullpen the same way, but that's just more routine to be consistent than it is. If it, if it changes, I don't panic. Um, it's just a way to mentally kind of be consistent and be ready to go.
1: When I speak to entertainers, And I ask about their performance routine. Usually I hear that they're wired for three to four (laughs) hours afterwards. Are you kind of the same way where there's no chance you could go to sleep for like three hours after you pitch?
2: No way. Um, You know, for depending if it's a big win, there might be, you know, celebration and some some adrenaline still going up to an hour after. But um, usually my bed's calling and my body's ready to relax and and take a break. So. Um, hour and a half or so after the game, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty calm and ready to ready to just kind of refocus on whatever's next.
1: Wow. Well, you mentioned getting your real estate license and you and your husband having plans, your husband also a heck of an athlete, which is, I can't imagine the, the competitive nature of that household when it comes to keeping in shape and, and accomplishing big things. But is there a lot of life for you outside of sports and outside of work? Like, for example, are you a big music fan?
2: Um, I'm not too much of a big music fan. Um, I do love country music. I love George Strait. Um, We've gone to a couple of his concerts. So yeah, there's life outside of um, sport. A lot of it revolves around just uh, random, uh, say random things, but outdoor things, hiking, um, going down to the beach, things like that. Um, I do have a stepdaughter who keeps us busy as well, and she's playing softball. So outside of my sport, I get to be a fan and a a stepmom and watch her um, compete in both softball and dance. So um, there's other things that, um, keep me grounded and keep me going.
1: And as somebody who's gotten the chance to see the world big time for the last decade and a half or so. What is it that keeps you based in Texas? You're still based in Houston these days, correct?
2: Um, I'm actually in New Braunfels, right. So right outside of San Antonio, oh. um, and we're based here cause that's, um, obviously where my husband, what is, and it, that's where he was when I met him, um, and his stepdaughter, Um, is living here so we'll stay living close because obviously we get to see her quite a bit Um, we share custody 50 50 so we'll stay here in central texas plus i went to school right down the road at the university of texas and i love this part of the state
1: cool well two quick questions and then you're free for me and the first one is do you have a tv recommendation you could pass along to somebody who needs a new show to start and of course that's besides the summer olympics in tokyo
2: Yeah. You have to watch the summer Olympics. Um, I think one of my favorite shows was, uh, the last kingdom on Netflix.
1: Good pick. And my closing question besides, Hey, watch the Olympics and go to Dick's sporting goods. Any last words for the kids?
2: I think the best thing is is it's not just go to Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, They do have the best equipment that we as athletes are playing with. So what you see us play with, granted, it might be detailed just a little bit different because we get to put some custom design on things, but the bats and the gloves are the same bats and gloves that you find at Dick's. So go equip yourself with, with the best of the best equipment. So that way you are ready to play this game. Um, But at the same time, dream big and uh, do everything you can to make those dreams come true.
1: Well, not that you need it. Best of luck in Japan. And congratulations on the next chapter of your life with real estate. That, hey, there is no more smart and steady field than real estate. So, best of luck on all ends, Kat.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Cast. Am I getting you all from Dublin? Yeah, yes. yeah we are. Wet, rainy Dublin. Yeah, That's pretty. Weird. Wet, rainy Dublin. Oh, well. Well, congratulations on this great album that you've got. I love the James Corden performance. How long did you have to keep it a secret that you were going to be on that show?
3: Oof. Uh, not too long. Yeah, not too, not too only, long. Only though. like fortunately a week. Because two, um, yeah. everything's changed now. We're performing, and we we were able to do it from from this side of the world. I think it just happened pretty quickly. It was like yeah. we've got a slot available, so we got out to London and we recorded that. But we hadn't played together in a long time, so mm-hmm. we really had like we had two days to rehearse again, and then we had to do James Corden, which is like our biggest <laughs> thing we've done. Yeah. So it was a bit daunting, but um, it was really fun. We love that video.
1: I, I saw that you had Lewis with you on keyboards there. Did he also play on the album?
3: Um, no, we have to do him a yeah. justice. Uh, his name is Louis. Louis. Oh, yeah. Louis is our photographer, though, so it's kind of a mix-up that does happen. And Louis um, didn't play on the album. No, Louis's is a, a, a good friend of ours, one of our best friends from school, who um, we, need, we needed someone to play the keyboard parts live, so we asked him would he be able to come on tour with us, and so gracious that he did, and he's stuck with us since and um but no the, the keys were uh written by us in studio
1: self-sufficient gentleman uh has the haven't been done for a long time because you have released a couple of singles before
3: it um it was it was properly wrapped up at the start this year was it just yeah. before it yeah. should have been done a lot sooner than it was finished and i think that's a good thing but because we were given the time with covid and stuff we end up you know, relooking at songs and it actually helped us strengthen the album in the end. But um, at the same time, I think you have to be careful that you don't overlook things and we definitely spent a little bit of time doing that. But I th- think it was all healthy and we're really happy with
1: what we've turned out. You know. Yeah. To have that final track listing, did you pare it down from like 30 songs because it was years in the making?
3: Um, there's definitely like a little back pool of songs that were shifted and we're like, oh, we'll just keep them maybe for the, yeah. for the future. But um at the end it wasn't too bad. I think we, we cut maybe two or three songs. Yeah, we were always very focused on the set amount of songs we kind of wanted to aim for. And it was just kinda of in the last few days we were like, okay, let's chop
1: this one, save that for later. So not too many. Yeah. Got it. I'm finding that a lot of the artists I'm speaking to who have albums that are coming out in the midst of COVID-19, where it just kept getting pushed back and back and back, that by the time this album is out, that they already have 20 songs, they have the next album done. In in that case, where is Inhaler at?
3: Um,
1: Cracking away. Yeah, you we were right just now? working
3: on stuff about five minutes ago. Yeah. So um, like, uh, we've got to set up in Dublin now where we can getting back in and rehearse and um, it hasn't been like that for us in a long time because when touring happened um, there's not really any breaks it's kind of just gig or studio mm. and so to be able to get into a space where it's just us four again just playing music has been pretty invigorating and we're, yeah we're making some pace on the second album I must say yeah um, but we have been kind of writing both albums for like three years so there's wow. songs that we now kind of don't along on the first that we knew we were going to keep until the second yeah.
1: Now, one of the things that makes you guys stand out is not only are the songs great, catchy songs, but the tone and the production is excellent. Do you hear the tone outright in your heads or does the tone progress as you jam on the songs a little bit?
3: It, it comes just in the studio, yeah. the tone, because we have an amazing yeah. team of producers, and, well, producer and sound engineers that we work with and they've worked on every single song that we've done so far, and the sound engineers in particular put so much effort into the details and teach us along the way. So, like, it's a very collaborative process between us and the sound engineers
1: on the finished product. Yeah, uh, cheer up, baby. Did you choose that as a single, or did the miraculous team that you have working with you, the guys, we think that's the single.
3: I think it was a mix of both. Like that was that was the song that I guess kind of maybe made a, a a name for us before like we were signed or anything like that. So um it was always kind of the one song that people would sing back to us or or, or mention to us after a gig and it just so happened that the um you know the big guys thought it was uh, the one too. So uh. Yeah, the fans fell in love with that song early on and we could see uh, uh, with the more gigs that we play and the more people will be turning up, the more people will be singing the lyrics back to that song before it was ever out. And so, we, and so early on, you know, that, that song is about two or three years old as well. And so early on, we knew that it was a special one and we could see it resonating with people. So we always thought, you know, that would be a, a standout point on the album as well.
1: Yeah, definitely a great introductory track where somebody hears it, they'll know what the band is about, and they get the hooks. You know, a, a lot of bands struggle to have one chorus in a song, and you guys have multiple hooks. So, congratulations on on that. And now, I have a, a stupid question. Where if you hate this question, blame it on my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> question.
3: Yeah, I wish I just I could think- say that.
1: That's yeah, a good that's line. A great <laughs> I need to get a wife. Blame it on my bandmates. <laughs> Uh, so, so my wife is in, in, is an asthmatic. Uh, she has um, two uh, inhalers in this apartment. Who in this man?
3: <laughs>
1: How many of you are asthmatic? Just the one, the one here. Oh, okay. Thank they you. like the question. Uh, <laughs> I got it right there. And Wait. I think I think Weezer is also named after being asthmatic. Rivers yeah. being asthmatic.
3: Yeah, so we do have let that, that be the only thing we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like it, I, I don't really have asthma anymore. But when I was when I was a teenager, it was a lot more uh, serious, as I'm sure your wife knows. And um, had a stupid title, didn't it? What? Oh, yeah. The doctor said I had exercise induced asthma, which to me just sounded like asthma. But um, he was like, no, no, it should be all right to play sports and stuff. But just have this little blue inhaler. I've never played PE with this guy once in my life, (laughs) ever. We're (laughs) not in the same class, that's why. Oh, there's that. But uh, yeah, so I guess that people just kind of started calling us the inhalers, and we liked it. We just stuck with it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, multifunctional name. Uh, And seeing that the, the roots of inhaler go back to some of you as teenagers, what was it that initially drew you together? I can't imagine. it's Hey, we all like this band. You know, was it a particular sport or interest? It was probably.
3: I was attracted to Ryan's hair. It was <laughs> quite magnificent. And it was shiny, so you couldn't miss him. Um, but also, now he listened to Motorhead and stuff like that. And I remember, like, kind of seeing it and you're like, "Oh, what are you listening to there?" And he was like, oh, a little bit of Motorhead, and I was like, Led Zeppelin. And he was like, yeah. And so uh, that's kind of how we met. <laughs> it wasn't as shady as that. no nah, yeah. but I did. I did notice that he was listening to uh, similar music that I was listening to, and it wasn't generally very popular amongst the age group of people that we were around at the time. So I saw that he was listening to the same music I was, and I was just like, "Oh, a friend." What yeah, is- it was kind of a bit like we were all kind of outcasts mm. from. You Know, like, people our age didn't really listen to like Led Zeppelin and stuff, it's not really on the radio these days. Is mm. it? So, now for yeah. my 14th birthday, he like gave me four CDs: he gave me Pixies, Radiohead, Ramones, Queens of Stone Age, none of which I had listened to beforehand. So, that kind of set the bar pretty high. And we, we met that was when we were 12, or 13, we met Rob a few well, months later. Amazing. he got four cds (laughs) why is he getting four cds you got love and affection i never got that (laughs) (laughs) well we met rob four months later or so and then we were jamming together for about another three or four years and then josh (laughs) and then josh joined us when we were about 16 and so now what four or five years later we're here talking to you about releasing our debut album which is it's been one hell of a journey together Mm.
1: Was Motorhead legitimately an influence? I'm a big Motorhead fan, personally.
3: Oh, my, my Motorhead's religion in this house. Yeah. yeah. is a. Let me let me a god. Of a, a god figure. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that when you listen to our music. No, I think it, I think in spirit, we adore him, and um, we do adore his music. But our heavier kind of, you know, metal kind of rocky side. Uh, when we were like 15 yeah, and, down a and then when we kind of heard the stone roses everything changed mm. uh,
1: well, you know, what was fun. your gateway into motorhead was it wwe the fact that lemmy was doing theme songs for wrestlers <laughs>
3: he did triple h's didn't oh you my didn't God. it was he for he someone oh man i forgot about that no for me actually it was a family friend who told me uh there's three cds that you need to get this is when i was about 10 or 11 he said there's three (laughs) cds there's three cds you need to get you need to get acdc's dirty deeds done dirty you need to get guns N' roses appetite for destruction and you need to get ace of spades by motorhead and the first song that i put on of those three cds was ace of spades and then i was kind of just like ah yeah forget it that's 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 what i'm doing but when we when we were younger i think we described ourselves as being a really bad heavy metal band and, so, and, and emphasis on really bad you know we, we couldn't play you know, so we'd still make it a bad heavy metal band. <laughs> we still a bad heavy metal band what is your favorite motorhead record
1: i personally like this is going to be the most tastic answer but i like the live albums because you get the mix of all the different eras especially when they have the two guitar attack in there because most of oh i'm, I'm getting pointed at i, I don't know <laughs> No, you're on it no you're, you're on the money there yeah. I, I got to see motorhead live a few times actually the most recent motorhead thing i saw was the chris jericho rock and wrestling cruise they had phil campbell on to do <laughs> his uh <laughs> he is with it's his crazy. Crazy. we're gonna
3: tag with you for the next we one. gotta go to WWE yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I am so blown away by the fact that there are metal roots in this band but I have to say every band that I've ever spoken to where Guns N' Roses influenced one or two members there's one member in the band that doesn't like Guns N' Roses Vietnamese the I can't say it, vehemently big word mm-hmm. there there's one member who hates Guns N' Roses. It's never been every member of the band likes it. Is there one member that just can't get on the GNR train?
3: I think. I don't know. I don't,
1: them, I, don't, I don't. I don't. Listen, them, listen. Don't you you got to respect it. Yeah. You, gotta, you yeah. have to. Like, Eric.
3: If you can dish yeah. out, welcome to you, can yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you can't not like that song. Their songs jump. are great. You know, even if like you look back at it now and it seems a little bit like corny, a little bit. Um, stuff like like that kind of like thing that we were into, you know. Yeah, um, like Paradise City. Their songs are amazing, know? and they had an attitude yeah. and an image that just like killed everybody and blew everybody away. So like you gotta respect it, you know. Yeah, and like yeah. we were we were trying to learn uh, Guns N' Roses song the other day. It's hard. it's uh, <laughs> very hard, like, you know. Just as a jam, we're not gonna you're not gonna hear us covering it. <laughs>
1: yeah, one day, uh, or maybe you'll have the kind of thing where you have the alias. Thing where you all flip instruments and you record under a different name like metallica had that as spastic children they had that for a little while and <laughs> yeah. just just an yeah. idea but two quick yeah.
3: questions. <laughs> two
1: quick questions and then you guys are free for me and the first one is is there a tv show that each of you can recommend for somebody who needs a new show to be starting oh.
3: <laughs> there is uh, Rob Robin and I were watching um, True Detective the other day, the first season, Yeah. which I don't know if I would ra- recommend that to <laughs> A new show I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> know, yeah. Well, great. there you go. So, There's you your won. answer. Your answer. There's a great show called uh, Love Hate, which yeah. is an Irish show, which we love. Um, yeah. It is a bit really. violent, it's a bit depressing, but that's a little bit like Ireland sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Without the violence and more just the, the weather is really bad. Yeah, I love. Hayes. But it's uh, it's good and it's very Irish, so people you know people might like that. And uh, if you need a pick me up from that, then you can watch Father Ted if you've never watched that before. Yes, yes. Irish family. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: You guys got taste. What can I say in the closer? And besides, hey, pick up our new album and go to our website. Any less words for the kids?
3: that hmm. um, we well to all our fans we miss them yes and usually you say stay in school but we didn't redo really that no <laughs> so we can't say that so let's just say to all our do fans, what you love do what you, do do what you do what what love, love. Do we, we, we we can't wait to come and play for everyone again we miss them all love them all and i suppose yeah just like be safe because it seems like we're on the home straight out of this thing now so yeah. mm-hmm.
1: keep it together <laughs> that too well i am looking <laughs> for <that. laughs> Just seeing you guys live in New York when this all gets normal again. But congratulations on finishing an album and getting a release date. A lot of people finish an album. They don't get the release date. So you got that. Mm-hmm. You got the accolades from the NME, BBC, MTV UK. You've been on American TV. The sky's the limit. Oh, well, thank, you, thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Take care.
3: Thanks,
1: Thanks man. Ryan. All the best. Thank you. Outro Cast. Is that the Michael Johnston?
0: The Michael Johnston.
1: <laughs> yeah, that Instagram tag, I think, differentiates it that it's the Michael Johnston. How's your day going there?
0: It's going well. Yeah, unfortunately, Michael Johnston was taken, so there
1: you go. <laughs> not to be confused with Olympic runner Michael Johnson.
0: Oh, no, no, I'm not doing, <laughs> much. I'm not doing much
1: running. these days. <laughs> there you go. Where am I getting you from? It looked like a month ago you were in Australia.
0: I was. I was in Australia working on uh, something that I'm not allowed to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm back home. I'm in L.A.
1: Great. Appreciate you taking the time. Yesterday I was speaking with your co-star, Philip, and he said a lot of interesting things about the filming. Uh, Not his first time filming in Africa. For Mm -hmm. you, was it your first time filming in Africa?
0: Yes, it was my first time ever going to Africa.
1: Had you ever been on an American safari as far as like in an amusement park like bush gardens or something like that
0: no i actually don't even have a memory of ever going to a zoo maybe i did when i was really young but this was quite a treat for me
1: wow had you worked with animals in a movie like this before
0: nothing other than maybe a dog
1: (laughs) so there is a lot of firsts i mean other than a Teen Wolf, of course. Oh, that was a bad joke.
0: Oh, right. Of course.
1: <laughs> there you go. So, were you on set the whole movie, or I, I think it was, uh, Philip said it was an 18-day shoot.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, I think I had maybe one day off. I think, um, but yeah, it was uh, was very fast paced, and um, any time down, any downtime that we had was sleeping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you were jet lagged because you came in. With the like the three day quarantine bubble, he said, where, you know, everyone was being very safe because it was in the midst of COVID and then launching straight into it.
0: Honestly, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, I think maybe I just got lucky. Maybe I slept the perfect amount of hours on the plane. But by the time I got there, um, you know, yeah, it was a nice little quarantine. um, And yeah, no, it, it was pretty great. I think coming back was a little harder.
1: Got it. You're very unique in that you do a lot of voice acting work. I'm curious if that happened by accident, that part of your career where you were doing the voice acting for video games and all that. Was that just one job that led to more jobs?
0: Not at all. No, it was very intentional. Um, I was obsessed with video games as a child. And uh, I remember I was playing this um, Mortal Kombat game and I unlocked a behind-the-scenes video of them doing the... uh, Uh, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, I want to do that. And I had no idea that that was a job. I thought maybe the people who were making the games just did the voices. When I learned that that was a job, I made it my mission to make that my job. And uh, yeah, I was just persistent. And eventually, you know, I got an agent and I did it. And that brought me out to LA. And then the acting for the camera thing just sort of happened while I was out here. It certainly wasn't planned. So yeah, no voice. Wow. First. Love, I still do it every day. I mean, I I have a whole home studio and everything that I record from.
1: Well, your Wikipedia, because when we read something on Wikipedia, we know it's the facts, it's truth, always, every time. It refers to you as an actor-singer. Are you also actually a singer?
0: Yes, yeah, I'm a singer, a songwriter. Um, I have a couple songs out, but uh, I'm really excited for my upcoming music. I don't have a date yet. But um, it'll be this year. It'll be really soon. I can't wait to, to share it with everyone.
1: Singer-songwriter kind of thing?
0: Yep. Yep. Pop music. Um, yeah, singer-songwriter. I, I, play, I play a little guitar, but I usually work with a, a producer to kind of get my, get my songs out there. Yeah, but um, all my songs I have coming out written by me and I'm singing. Yeah, I can't oh. wait. I'm so, I'm so excited about it.
1: So COVID aside, if you were to play a venue, th- this is how I'm, I'm trying to vibe what kind of music it is. If you were gonna play a venue in Los Angeles, would it be the Hotel Cafe? Would it be that kind of place or the Mint?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hotel Cafe is pretty much my go-to spot. Um, so I, I do miss going there. Uh, I've played there a few times.
1: Wow, so you're really hard to pin down because we see you in this and Teen Wolf, the voiceover guy the music guy, is the goal long-term to be able to just juggle a mix of projects like that?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I don't have a lot of control over my acting career. You know, I auditioned for a job and I can I can take it or not take it, but at the end of the day, I think <clears throat> being able to do my, my music is nice because it's just mine and, um, you know, I'm not signed yet, so I don't Have anyone telling me what I can and can't do. And then, you know, in between jobs, there's always a downtime. It's nice to have something to do to keep me sane, keep me from getting into trouble. (laughs) So, yeah.